1: So uh, every year, just about, we do this show, unless there's sort of like a huge emergency, which there increasingly is or are um, here in America, but uh, not a big enough emergency, not a full-blown constitutional crisis this year. So we get to do uh, one of our favorite shows. It's the show we do right after the Super Bowl, where we bring in ad gurus to talk about the commercials that ran the night before. And I think part of the reason for doing this, too, is, I mean, obviously commercials, they are kind of one of our popular arts, uh, so they need to be looked at that way. But also, there's a lot in commercials. There's an attempt to capture this or that little corner of the American zeitgeist. Uh, we'll see how they did this year. Uh, joining us in studio today, Pat Dugan, a creative director of Adams and Knight in Avon, Chris Knopf, who retired CEO of Minson Hope, currently a full-time novelist and publisher at The Permanent Press, uh, Steve Wolfberg is principal, uh, chief creative and growth officer at Cronin & Company in Glastonbury. So... Um, Uh, It's sort of hard to know how to talk overarchingly about this. But maybe, uh, Chris, the way to begin is to say that years and years and years ago, there were Super Bowl commercials, and then that was kind of the end of things. But it's sort of hard to know where Super Bowl commercials and the goals of these advertisers begin and end. It seems not necessarily to begin at the kickoff or end with the final whistle of the game.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because advertising is – tremendously fractured these days. It's not a zero-sum game. There's millions of different platforms, millions of different ways to get the message out, and they're all uh, integrated and intertwined. So uh, it, it, as pure brand uh, image enhancing, that's probably the principal goal of the Super Bowl commercials themselves, but they're kind of the tip of the iceberg of what's really going on.
1: Wolfberg, I mean, what about that? The the goal used to be to run a commercial that a lot of people liked during an incredibly highly rated telecast. Now, that hasn't really changed that much except that uh, it seems like it's not confined to the telecast. I mean, what else are they trying to do? What are they hoping happens with a commercial that really works?
3: Well, they're hoping their $5 million investment for 30 seconds of TV time uh, is worth it because if your spot r- runs during a part of the game nobody is watching, if you have the fourth quarter and it's not a good game, the last couple of games have been great so I think there's been viewership throughout but if you spend $5 million and nobody watches your spot, then you... P- pretty much have to guarantee someone's seen something of it in one of the different platforms that Chris was talking about. So that's why many, but not all, are on YouTube and sharing and doing all the hype beforehand, just to make sure that their brand does get out in case no one happens to watch the spot during the game.
1: You know, it seems, Pat, like one of the things that I experienced this year is that there's a lot of stuff floating around on the Internet, and sometimes I can't figure out, you know, it's, it's 90 seconds long. Was that the commercial that ran or is it longer? And then there are all these little... I don't, I'll give an example. So there's, a, I think, a pretty good commercial for uh, Doritos and, I guess, Mountain Dew uh, this year that a lot of people are talking about. Morgan Freeman is basically lip-syncing Missy Elliott. Peter Dinklage is lip-syncing Buster Rhymes. But there's a thing on the web that's not on TV, I don't think, or maybe I missed it, where they're kind of getting ready and they're warming up and they're doing Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers and Woodchuck, you know, Chuck. And it was it's really funny, but I don't think it ran on TV. You're supposed to go find it somehow?
0: Uh, right. Yeah, that was just a pure tease to try to get people hyped up. I think it came out maybe a week ago or so, mm. and uh, started get uh, people getting uh, ready for the uh, for the TV spot. And uh,
1: I think it did a pretty good job of. of uh, warming, warming that spot up. Okay. We're going to play, um, uh, well, actually l- let's do the Alexa spot first because that sort of fits into what we're talking about right now. You were saying before we went on the air, this, uh, particular Amazon Alexa spot was available before the Super Bowl started, right? Yeah,
0: I think it was one of the first ones available. It's been out for about a week or so. And I think usually that's a pretty good idea, but, um, in, in this case, it might've hurt itself a little bit. I heard a lot of people saying that they, um, they liked it. It was a great spot, but they had seen it, you know, several times before the Super Bowl.
1: All right, we'll uh, play the. Uh, I don't know how well. It, I mean, all of these work only partially well as these audio. Are these are TV commercials. <laughs> <laughs> but just to remind you, anyway, what the what the high concept is here. We're going to play it, and then we'll have our, our panel talk about it.
3: In Austin, it's
1: sixty degrees with its <laughs> flexor. Amazon's Alexa lost her voice this morning, causing a Alexa lost of... her
3: voice. How is that even possible?
1: We have the
0: replacements ready. Just say the word.
3: And you're sure this is going to work? Yeah.
0: Alexa, show me a recipe for a grilled cheese
3: sandwich.
1: Pathetic.
3: You're 32 years of age, and you don't know how to make a grilled cheese sandwich. Its name is the recipe, you
1: Alexa,
3: how far is Mars?
2: Okay. Mars? Well, how am I supposed to do? I've never been there. This guy
0: want to go to Mars. <laughs> For what? <laughs> There's not even oxygen there. Alexa, set the mood. Now setting
2: the mood, you're in the bush. And you're just so dirty and you're so sweaty. Because it's hot in that bush.
3: Alexa, re reboot Alexa, play some country music.
2: I don't
0: dance now, I make money moves. No, no, Alexa,
2: country music.
1: i
3: be in and I've done so much I know they tired of me What's
0: the
1: call, Brandon? I'm afraid Brandon is a little tied up But do let me know if there's anything I can help you with Jessica
2: Good boy Thanks, guys, but I'll take it from here
1: all right, so that's Alexa coming on at the end to say she's uh, got her voice back. Uh, that, of course, at the end is Anthony Hopkins, pretty much in full Hannibal Lecter character with peacocks eating out of his hand. So, uh, Steve Wolfberg, uh, how did this one work for you?
3: Uh, I thought it was a good spot. I mean, to me, the star of the spot is the woman who works for Amazon at the beginning who tries to convince Jeff Bezos that it's going to be okay. And her little double-take moment there, mm-hmm. to me, almost really makes the whole spot. I also think there may be a clue as to where the new headquarters are because they give the Austin... The temperature. So I wonder if that's a clue where mm-hmm. the new headquarters right I don't know. Anybody look at that? Um, and just generally good, good use of the celebrities. Um, but again, I think a little teasing, a little more teasing of that. So the celebrity surprised you as you saw the spot on the air. Did you have to show all 90 seconds in the tease um, online the week before is, is kind of what I was wondering. I yeah, agree that, with that.
0: That one could have done well with the uh, Peter Dinklage, Morgan Freeman treatment Teasing those celebrity appearances instead of just releasing the whole spot. Yeah, there's a right. thing.
2: There's a thing called wear out, yeah. <laughs> and so
1: it was already pre-worn. But, Chris, I think also this these um, spots they depend on a certain level of cultural literacy that not everybody have, like pop, pop cultural literacy. Mm-hmm. You have to know who Gordon Ramsay is. Right. I, like, I I don't watch those kinds of shows. I didn't right off the right. top of my head recognize him. Get to know who Cardi B is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, Animal Lecter joke at the end where Brandon is being <laughs> fed to <the> peacocks is <laughs> probably a little bit. I'm closer to something that's pretty. Universally recognizable, but th- there's sort of a sense in which you got to know who people are, and that's been very much the case with Super Bowl commercials for a while.
2: That's probably why I was so confused.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Not a Cardi uh, B fan. Yeah, I, I just you know yeah I'm. I, I guess maybe I'm starting to slip away from popular culture, but I uh, uh, yeah I was confused a lot during that spot because it didn't really hang. To, it it sort of hung together. There's a great concept, mm-hmm. uh, but there wasn't necessarily. It, it felt the production values were little confusing too, as mm-hmm. it was bopping around, so I felt a little bit like i wasn 't completely staying with it
0: mm-hmm.
1: well like, you know Pat, I think Wolfberg makes a great point here about the you know the sort of the Amazon employee he said you've got to watch the commercial pretty carefully to see the little take on her face. She does a thing where she 's nodding yes to and first of all i don't we don't usually see Jeff Bezos at all in these commercials, so that 's kind of unusual, but she 's sort of nodding yes but also making kind of a no face, and it 's a great little take i 'm just wondering how Carefully, you can count on people to watch commercials. Um,
0: yeah, that was pretty subtle. I think, uh, one thing the, uh, that, that Bezos did was a pretty impressive job keeping up with her. He, he gave her a, a nice little double take of his own. Um, he did pretty well, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he probably had plenty of chances to, yeah, yeah. The outtake reel should be yeah, interesting, that's right? <laughs> You're not going to fire him from the commercial, <laughs> no. 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 I'm sorry, Jeff, we can't use you this time. (laughs) To me, the only question that I would have, and anybody who wants to take this, uh, take it, is like, I sort of think about what is Amazon's problem, if they have a problem, or what does Amazon need? And I know that's like, there's a whole theory that just, just boosting your brand anyway is fine. To me, like, I don't want one of those damn things in my house. Like, I just don't want it. I don't want to talk to it. I don't want it talking to me. You know, I'm fine with Siri and my. You know on my phone in my car, but I really don 't want more of that, um, and it doesn 't make me feel good to see any of that and i 'm probably an outlier, but I, if I were the account i 'd want that problem addressed somehow like make me like this idea better I think
2: the uh, amazon 's overarching problem is that people are afraid afraid of the company that's coming in and taking everything over so I, I I took it their main goal is to humanize themselves, take chances with some humor, show you know that they're that they're they're not just uh, all algorithms, although I think ninety nine percent of them are uh, they're actually robots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that to me was, the, they don't need name recognition. Uh, they don't really need to sell Alexa as a product. They need their corporate image enhanced.
3: Yeah, and maybe because, you know, it is the number one showcase for all the biggest brands. They may have been felt that they were conspicuous by their absence, helped some stock prices, just, just to kind of be there, to be out there with that. But I do think the whole idea of, of humanizing it and putting some humanity behind Alexa is probably pretty smart.
0: Also, let's not forget that uh, Apple's HomePod is coming out any day now. Oh, so go. I think they were trying to get out in front of Of that, a little Mm.
1: bit. Good point. point. See, that's the kind of thing I wouldn't even know about. Is the home pie basically the same thing? Yeah. 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 Like the Google thing. They're all the same. See, I, they've I, you know, well anyway. That's a whole separate story. But like, I just don't even want that thing in my house. You know? <laughs> and I, I'm—I was never the type of person who thought my computer was watching me, or although it turns out to be the case, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I would have been better off being a little. Yeah, bit they older. already know everything about you anyway. Colin, yeah, I suppose so, that's you know. true. Right. You know, speaking right. of robots, robots are kind of like. But but your commercials are kind of you know there was I don't even remember which one had the kind of creepy robotic stuffed animal Sprint. thing that was. Oh Sprint. well, oh, no, no. no, that was a regional one,
0: I think. Oh, oh was it?
1: Because it didn't get much. National play and then but Sprint had the the guy whose robots laughed at him. Right, right. I thought that yeah. was yeah. funny. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that didn't
0: stick fun. the landing. Uh, well, I didn't yeah, like going back into the yeah. Sprint my store my, my
3: comment, end. just kind of the inside comment, was that I'll guarantee you that the creative team on their reel. It doesn't have the the, uh, the sprint spokesperson back in the store at the end. I mean, that clearly was like, OK, we need the guy who used to be on Verizon, who wears the yellow shirt, who's got those glasses in every single commercial. We're paying him $100 million. Get him in the spot.
1: Right. And oh. I'm sure
3: th- I'm sure the creative guys don't have that version on their reel. Yeah, true. <laughs> he lives in Connecticut. We like him. Oh, we do.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, all, all right. So. Um, you know, I think maybe the other commercial we should talk about is the, uh, and we'll play a little bit of it. We'll play the whole thing right now. Once again, it's going to be a little bit hard because there's sort of a whole bunch of vis- visual signatures and, and cues. This is the now infamous Tide commercial. It actually sets up a series of smaller commercials. Um, but this is the Tide commercial that sort of introduces a concept. Uh, you're going to uh, see uh, – you, you won't see it. If you were watching it, you would see the guy who plays the cop on Stranger Things. Uh, and he's the person who's kind of selling this idea to you. Just your typical Super Bowl car ad. Right? Or a hilarious beer ad. <laughs> or whatever ad this is.
0: Whatever.
2: But it's a tie, Dad.
1: What? It's a tie, Dad. What makes it a tie, Dad?
2: There are no stains. Look at those clean clothes. What else would this be an ad for?
1: Diamonds. A gift that lasts for no. a no time.
3: It's time for a cold Tide ad. Fall into the sleep of no. you.
1: No, Tide. No, Tide ad. Extreme. No,
2: Tide. <laughs> Tide! Meet the all-new. No,
1: it's a Tide ad. Tide.
2: So, does this make every Super Bowl ad a Tide ad?
1: I think it does. Watch and see. That might have even been one of the extended ones. I'm not sure that's the exact one that ran. But anyway, so Pat, this is at least a very knowing ad, right? First of all, it just, you know, it riffs on all kinds of visual cues and tropes right. and styles we associate with certain kinds of commercials.
0: It's very meta, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> very self-aware. Um, I thought it was the best ad, best ad series of the, of the whole night. And it was impressive. I was, you know, following all my friends on, on Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, they basically, the streams just erupted with all caps Exclamation points after after this ad.
2: Yeah, it was, it was an it was an ad guy ad if yeah. there ever was one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, all the all the guys back at Minton Ho, same you know same reaction. Uh, I I I think it was because the concept was so clever and they did pull it off beautifully. And it, it's and it's also it's something you don't see because it's breaking the fourth wall, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're now you're really just bringing the whole process right into the mm-hmm. spot itself.
3: I was slow to it. I mean Pat right off the bat because we're I was one of those people tweeting and, and, and Facebooking with him last night. He said, this one's great. I said, you know, I just thought it was too complex, 45 seconds long, in the middle of a Super Bowl. Are you really going to get it? And then in the next quarter, when the old Spice guy shows up right. and it's a Tide, I said, oh, brilliant. And from yeah. that moment on, yeah. everybody who watched that the Super Bowl wondered if the next commercial on was a Tide ad, even though it wasn't. And Tide basically had a minute and a half of advertising, the 45 and 315s. And it's like they owned the Super Bowl because every commercial could have been a Tide ad. Yeah, that brilliant.
2: Was, that was my reaction too. I was confused at first, and my notes say that. Yeah. And then I say, "Well, oh, this is starting to grow on me." And by then, yeah. I said, "Oh, this is really brilliant." Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And by the way, since we're just listening to it, yeah. How many times did Tide, the name, the exactly. product name, yeah. came yeah. up it's over and ad. over? You better believe that helps sell it too. Right. right, which
3: is of course the thing. Procter and Gamble say the product name, saying the product name, and every creative says, "No, don't do that. It's too much product name." And sure enough, perfect for this.
1: Well, there's a couple of other things too, Pat. one of them is that Tide. Tide's a very uncool product, and they were able to make it cool by doing this. And Tides also had this very weird year because the other thing that they had going on was people eating their Tide Pods um, right. and making amateur videos about them and getting really sick because don't eat Tide Pods. Please don't eat Tide Pods. It became such a pervasive problem that speaking of the Super Bowl and the Patriots, they had to hire uh, Gronk to, uh, <laughs> to, to actually make a commercial telling people not to eat or like a little web commercial or something, not to eat Tide pods. But, you know, Tide's having a weird year, but I I would say at the end of the night, they were a hipper product than they were going in.
0: Right. And I think the casting of David Harbour Mm. as the, uh, you know, as the spokesperson helped a lot. He's kind of he's 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 getting big, but he's not like a huge celebrity. So Netflix.
3: So that's why he has a niche
1: following. Right. Right. right?
0: He feels not edgy, but he's on the cusp. Smart.
1: All right. We have to take a little break here. It might be a Tide ad. I'm not sure. (laughs) uh, But we'll be right back. It wasn't a tie, Dad. Uh, so uh, joining us right now to talk about uh, last night's Super Bowl commercials and maybe some of the cultural value sets that are embedded in them, uh, Pat Dugan, creative director at Adams of Night and Avon, Chris Knopf, retired CEO of Minson Hope, currently a full time novelist, uh, Steve Wolfberg, principal chief creative growth officer at. Cronin and Company in Glastonbury. So I'm going to tell you who I thought had the best ad last night for the—I told you beforehand what I thought, but I'm not an ad guru, so who cares what I think. But I actually thought—and we can't play it because it it just won't make any sense. We'll just be playing a song. Um, But there was a commercial for the NFL, by the NFL. It featured uh, quarterback Eli Manning of the Giants uh, and Odell Beckham Jr., uh, his premier receiver. Uh, It was to the tune of I Had the Time of My Life. It recreated the epic scene from Dirty Din. Ending with Odell Beckham Jr. doing the Jennifer Gray run, leap into the air, and being caught in the air uh, by Eli, and and so, um, so Chris, here's why I thought that was a really effective commercial. I mean, NFL ratings are dropping; like they're really dropping. They've got a problem. Not just dropping in the Super Bowl, but they're dropping per game. Um, they've got to get people back. There's a lot of reasons why they why they might be dropping. But um, I, I thought doing a commercial that made the NFL seem fun uh, and pleasant. Uh, and not a bunch of people try to give each other permanent brain damage, uh, to the music of a movie that is beloved by women. Women love the movie Dirty Dancing. I thought it was really kind of a smart idea. I
2: do, too. Arguably, it was my favorite as
1: well. So you can be an
2: ad guru now, Colin. (laughs) We totally (laughs) agree. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I think they played it really nicely. I think the guys... Manning and Beckham were fantastic in it. They really, it was just the right amount of kind of vamping, mm-hmm. not too much. Right. And then at the end, when they they do the lineup thing, I mean, I, I I thought the NFL did great job through a lot a lot of the spots that were on.
1: But they, but they do have a problem, right? I mean, you know, people are spending increasing amounts of money still to advertise in the Super Bowl uh, as you were pointing out going in before we went on the air. Ratings are kind of slipping down a little bit.
3: Yeah, I mean, they obviously have some correcting to do. They, they, They need to be liked. They need to have people kind of feel they're more approachable and, again, not just a place where people get brain damage and stuff like that. So I thought they picked a couple of guys that did a nice job of, of carrying the spot. They're friendly. They did, they were fun. And some of the nuances, again, missed by most. Uh, I forgot which player was on the sidelines. I knew it a little while ago. I forgot his name. His He's very funny with the coach. And then the six or seven linemen who were doing the, the dancing behind were good. You know, as a New York football Giants fan, I thought I only liked the spot at first because it was Giants. And once again, just the mere presence of Eli Manning caused the Patriots' uh, defeat. But as it turned out, a lot of other people liked the spot as well, and I and I think it, it's a good thing for the NFL. I'm looking forward to seeing that in the end zone for the next uh, celebration.
0: Eli kind of uh, overshadowed Peyton uh, last night.
3: Yes, well, in the Battle of the Brothers, there was no doubt... <laughs> Eli did a little better.
1: Yeah, so Peyton Manning did a, a, a vacation quarterback concept spot. Is it about going to Disney World? One of those. The Universal, I think it's Universal, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's Universal because we know because the the Velociraptor pops out at him. <laughs> right. But I mean, clearly, Pat, the in the Manning household. There was a big emphasis on bringing up really good quarterbacks and people who could be in commercials. They're both really good at it. And I actually think that one of the problems that the NFL has uh, among its myriad problems is that they don't have a LeBron James. LeBron James really has turned the NBA around. Um, ratings for playoff games in which LeBron James appears are considerably higher than regular uh, NBA playoff games. They need somebody of that ca- caliber. One of the problems with the N- NFL is that kind of it, it eats its own young in the sense that, for example, Aaron Rodgers is a very effective TV commercial guy who basically didn't play very much football this year because he got injured. Right. But like, I feel like the NFL needs people like that. Uh, they need the equivalent of LeBron James, not just for commercials, but for its own image.
0: Yeah, I think um, Peyton Manning has been the best. Eli seems to be stepping up a little bit. But, I mean, I don't know how much longer he has to go, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know who's
2: who's uh, stepping into their shoes. Yeah, and they're also th- the the Mannings are really universally admired and liked. I mean, they're they're really big out in the Midwest. You have sort of that wholesome family kind of thing. So there, it is not. There's nothing really controversial at all about those guys. And I think that's another reason why. And and they're personable, but it's uh, it, it's and it's non-political.
1: Right. It's just sort of weird that. You know, usually we grew up watching a lot of football games where you go to the commercials and there'd be some football player in a commercial. They don't do that so much, at least not this year. Maybe it's because some of the bad publicity.
3: Yeah. And, And again, but Aaron Rodgers is a perfect example. He's really good. I thought Tony Romo was really good when he was playing and doing some of the spots for DirecTV or something, and now he's plying his trade as an announcer. So there are a few who are out there who are articulate and friendly and can be the face of the the, face of the, the NFL brand. But the problem is, there's all, there, it's one and done. So like like LeBron, he, he'll be, you'll see him for three to five games, you know, in every playoff they're in. So you're going to see him 15 times probably by the end of the season. It's one and done in the NFL. So that might be why it's hard to get behind a particular player to be the face you know, of that brand, because you may not see him much.
1: Uh, um, we've got about five minutes before we go to another break here, but um, and it'll be a fundraising break. We hope you will support the station and the show if you like conversations like this one. We should talk about some things that, some dogs that didn't bark this year, or maybe horses that didn't bark. Chris, no Clydesdales this year. No Clydesdales.
2: May, I thought maybe I missed them. I thought maybe that was when I finally took a break. It's, it's hard to watch the game and watch all the spots and take a break. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know why they didn't. I mean, I, I was reviewing... Former spots and those, some of those spots were really fantastic.
3: Well, yeah, and I think that they were supposed to have the Clydesdale was supposed to make, I thought, a five second kind of promo for the Clydesdale cam, which was kind of a live Facebook feed that's going to be happening during something. But you know who did show the Clydesdales? Tide. <laughs> one of the fake, one of the fake tides. So I, I having read
1: that, oh, here's that Clydesdale spot finally, and it was a Tide spot. Crazy. Well, I mean, that I, I sort of wonder, Pat, about the lingering effect of the Tide spot in the sense that they were kind of blowing up all these cliches and tropes. And and, and you do sort of wonder how many of them are going to seem a little bit sillier than they would have before uh, Tide blew them all up.
0: Right. And, and where's Tide going to go from here? You, you can't really do that shtick again. It was great the one time, but... Um,
2: I'll bet they'll try.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. They'll yeah. give it a year. <laughs> Everybody tries in the second year. Yeah. Yep. So, Steve, you know, we were talking about this before we went on the air that um, or during the last break, I guess, uh, in the era of Me Too. There weren't a lot of women uh, featured in these spots, but there also weren't a lot of sort of go daddy type, wildly sexist spots. right? Absolutely.
3: That's what Chris was saying. And that, yes. So there were a couple of lead women. You had Cardi B. You had um, you had Tiffany Haddish. I'm not familiar. I don't know her very well in the the Groupon spot. Mm -hmm. But more important, perhaps, was that you didn't have the. um, women in, clad in bikinis. You didn't have Victoria's Secret. You didn't have certain portrayals of women that historically have been in the Super Bowl. So that might have been where the, the hashtag Me Too kind of came up.
2: You bet.
1: Yeah, it seems like they've probably backed away from... I mean, I think that there was sort of, in general, uh, aside from the football kicked into the crotch in the uh, Tiffany Haddish uh, commercial. Mm -hmm. You know, Pat, it seemed like there was kind of a good taste thing going on, at least, I mean, for Super Bowl commercials,
2: anyway. Given the zeitgeist of all the controversy and everything (laughs) that's going on out there, my God. So the the guys who are making money now are the PR consultants. Mm -hmm. And you bet they're they're reviewing everything that goes through and everybody's very nervous about. I mean, it's much better at the end of the day. Just let's not get anywhere near anything could be remotely (laughs) controversial because it's almost always going to blow up in your face.
0: There was a lot of patting themselves on the back, I noticed. Mm. Bud, Bud did that. Uh, mm-hmm. Hyundai did that. Um, Stella Artois did that. Yeah.
1: Um, well, in a different way, I thought Pepsi kind of did that. I mean, rather than having really orig- an original idea, Pepsi did sort of Cindy Crawford and, and Britney right. Spears. At a home- like, look at all these great commercials we've made in the past. Aren't you incredibly was grateful <laughs> to us? That we was, all it, this was, great- it was the best
3: of. Yeah. There, was, there was a lot of competition. So you, ha- you had... Uh, Pepsi going back to their brand which is generational. So they they are you know they're the the Pepsi generation, choice of a new generation. That's who they've been forever. And they were right on that by showing basically a compilation of all their spots. And then you had Coke who's at the Kumbaya Hillside Singers and that's what they did too. So they stayed right in their lanes, spots that were unoffensive, I guess moderately interesting, but ultimately you know unmemorable by the end of the game.
1: All right. When we come back from the break, I want to talk a little bit more about what the panel was just talking about in in terms of PR consultants and and the uh, moment that we live in. I actually thought there were some sort of coded messages last night. We'll see whether they uh, agree or not. But right now, what's going to happen is some very nice people are going to come and they are going to ask you to support this station. We really ask you to do it right now during our show, if you like our show, if you enjoy conversations like this one and Some of the other ideas that we've tried out on the air, it's really great for us if you make your donation now. So the very swell people who are going to come and they are going to ask you for your support, uh, please consider doing this while we're on the air. It's the first day of just a one-week fun drive Uh, We promise it'll be painless, just like your dentist tells you. Uh, All right, we'll be back with more of Pat Dugan and Chris Knopf and Steve Wolfberg and more analysis of commercials, maybe a few phone calls from you folks, too, after this very short break, which is not a Tide commercial. Hi, I'm Colin McEnroe. My producers and I have a really simple philosophy. We do things that interest us and that we think you'll find interesting. We don't have any other category. We, there, anything can be a show, including things that seem on the surface as though maybe they wouldn't make good shows. We take that as a challenge. So if you're here, I'm guessing maybe you've already figured that out. You like it. You recognize it as unique. Maybe you'll even donate to uh, help it make it possible. To do that, you can go to wnpr.com Org. Click on the Donate Now button, or you can call 1-800-584-2788. If you do all that stuff, thank you, and even if you just listen, thank you for that.
3: Does this feel like a Tide ad? It's not. It's just the credits. It's not an ad for Tide, a product you should never, ever eat, no matter how delicious those little pods look to you. Today's show is produced by Betsy Kaplan, who's already been to Australia, and me, Kyone Wolf. Amanda Fish still can't figure out what Blackture is. Is it like some kind of fracture? The part of Bill Curry was played by Keanu Reeves. On tomorrow's show, we revisit our conversation about how a small list of cities shaped the history of the world. And now back to Colin
1: we 're talking about Super Bowl commercials with Pat Dugan Chris Knopf, and Steve Wolfberg, um, and uh, we won 't even have time to get into those some of the commercials that were just mentioned uh, there uh, <laughs> Although the Blacktier commercial was really puzzling. It was really one of those things. I guess the whole goal was to make you go look up what Church is and try to figure out because they certainly did not explain it. Uh, I do want to um, talk about um, a commercial. First of all, we should say that Game of Thrones, which is now the most watched show worldwide in the history of television, um, is therefore an interesting thing to make commercials out of. T- Peter Dinklage, we already talked about in a Doritos spot. Uh, but uh, Bud Light has been trying to um, work around with Game of- the Game of Thrones. Look and feel for a long time. They have a slogan which you could not possibly have avoided even prior to the Super Bowl. That's here, the latest installment.
0: Are we winning? No. I see, it's so small from back here, I can't really tell. Look! It's the Bud Knight. It's the Bud Knight. We're saved. Yes.
1: Time to do what must be done.
0: I did it. Hey, Bud Knight, aren't you gonna fight with us?
3: Oh, uh, a buddy of mine is having this 30th birthday thing. Oh, yeah, well,
0: that's understandable.
3: Hey, if you survive, come by.
0: Probably won't happen, but you
3: know. We'll yeah. yeah, that's true. You know what?
1: Watch this.
2: Wow! Well, somebody likes attention.
1: Here's to the friends you can always count on. So this, these are the famous Dilly Dilly ads. Um, hashtag Dilly Dilly has become a great way of organizing content. Anyway, Steve Wolfberg, what do you think about about all this? Well, I think it was a kind of an
3: anticlimactic climax to the. Dilly Dilly Trilogy, Trilly Trilly, the Dilly Dilly Trilly, <laughs> which we just hashtag Dilly Dilly Trilly. It's trending like crazy right now. Um, I don't know. It seemed like a good idea at the time. I thought some of the earlier ones were were refresher. Mm-hmm. But in typical fashion, um, you know, brands just say, well, that's working. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. And I just think they kind of ran out. And uh, once they kind of took it out of the, uh, the throne room with some of that funny stuff that was going on, I, Timmy kind of started losing something to me. Yeah,
2: it, it, there's this uh, ineffable quality of production that nobody really can quite predict how it's going to come out. I mean, we talk a lot about the echo chamber of creative development, so the concept could have been really pretty good. It just didn't feel like it, like it was executed in a way that was natural. It just didn't. It just, it just kind of fell flat. It Feels Even,
0: like the Bud Knight character is going to. Pop up again, though, right? Most uh-huh. likely.
1: Exactly. I feel like it's sort of lazy writing, too. I mean, basically, what they're doing is they're contrasting the regalia of this sort of medieval or Game of Thronesy-looking knight with a lot of sort of contemporary language, and they do that in every commercial. And I feel like, okay, so we get it now. They all talk like they work in an office in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, but there's people running around with swords. And to me, now it's just lazy writing. They're not doing anything new with it. Uh, we've got a caller. I'm not even sure. The, well, we'll have to find out. Suzanne from New Milford. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, I just want to, I heard you mentioning I didn't see all the um, Super Bowl ads, but I heard you talking about some of them. And I was one that I did catch was the Jeep one. And I, I, you know, everybody has an affection. I think most people have an affection to Jeeps a little bit, or I want to have it. But I was so offended by them driving up the middle of the stream um, with that car. I was like, why, why would they do that? I mean, they probably. It's just so bad for the environment. What a bad. They could have had a great ad doing something else, rescuing somebody. I just was so offended. And I've seen ads like that with cars before, but I feel like I'm looking at dinosaur times. I mean, Well, they actually <laughs> did do a dinosaur Jeep ad, too, so <laughs> right. you, you might be kind of muddying the stream waters here uh, by uh, conflating the two of them. All right, well, let me just get the panel to react to this. So there actually were two Jeep ads l- last night. One of them was this rather poetic thing, Pat, that talked about the end, end of the road. The road right. goes on and on, and we get to the end of the road. And, the end, and this is, that's what Suzanne's talking about at that point. The Jeep just starts driving up a stream bed. Uh, there was also a Jeff Goldblum uh, Jurassic Park ad that actually had a di- dinosaur in it, but I don't think that's what she's talking about. I think
0: she's talking about the, there was one at the very end, right? A 30, it was basically just 30 seconds of the Jeep um, going into, into a lake and then up a, a pretty impressive waterfall.
1: Oh, there's even, okay. And there's even a third right. one. It was, okay.
0: it was a great product demo ad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, a Jeep, I'm, I'm a Jeep owner, so I took a certain pride in it, but I totally get the, um, the environmental message uh, that you're talking about, Suzanne?
3: Yeah, that didn't even occur to me. But I, you're probably not alone in that. I'd be curious how much, and I'm sure it's all over the web right now. If people have been complaining about the same thing, yeah. I, it did not even occur to me. So fish probably were, you know, injured in the making of that, that spot. <laughs> well, there the was a disclaimer.
0: Print. There was a disclaimer that said this is a man-made lake and waterfall. Oh, still, still impressive though.
2: Yeah, yeah. not the stream though. The
1: stream. All right, before we run out of time, we should talk about some of the wrong-footedness last night, and and probably the most. Once again, it doesn't really make too much sense to play it. It was a a, um, a Dodge ad for Ram trucks. Uh, it, it juxtaposed uh, all kinds of things involving Ram trucks with the voice of Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King giving one of his uh, original actual speeches. Um, so I don't know, Steve. It's kind of like I just sort of wonder, like, what was going on in the meeting where they decided that was okay and nobody told them it wasn't. Well, it's
3: interesting. That was done by kind of a small, what they call a boutique uh, ad agency who maybe just decided to give it a shot, came up with the idea. Clearly, you know, the Martin the, the, the family was okay with it. You know, Pat watched me wrong-footedly early last night to say, I thought, you know, you, you, you get Martin Luther King as your voiceover and his writing, you know, it's going to be a pretty good spot. And then I said, well, I'm not sure that you really need him promoting a uh, Jeep. So uh, I deleted my tweet. <laughs> and um, too late. so it's too late. Too late. Paul and, Ryan tried the same thing. Yeah, you know, that's right. It that's him. right. So you know, it's tough. I mean, I could see why a lot of people were offended by it, for sure.
0: I think a lot of people had my reaction, which was um, I think the message was probably great, um, but I didn't even hear it because within two seconds of realizing it was Martin Luther King talking over a pickup truck commercial, mm. I, I couldn't even focus on what he was saying.
1: Well, right. you know, Chris, I was watching a lot of black people tweet about this. And, and I, once this is one of the things that I think they didn't get. Um, black people are still very angry, particularly the ones who follow football, are very angry about the fact that Colin Kaepernick went through this season with no job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and so I saw a lot of tweets mentioning that, like, oh, so it's OK to use Martin Luther King to sell some pickup truck to us that we don't want, but Colin Kaepernick is too toxic somehow to play in the NFL. Right. I mean, I, and those don't, don't line up perfectly, but in a lot of people's minds, they did.
2: Yeah, I think it was a disastrous uh, attempt. I think it was tremendously offensive. And uh, and, they, and they're they going to get their just res- desserts for that, I think, because mm-hmm. I, I watched the Facebook light up and the mm-hmm. Twitter light up. And uh, it it's going to knock back any effort by any creative people to do something really wild and crazy next year, yeah, I bet, yeah. or especially political. Well, that was wrong-footed but, for but sure. Yeah, and then – oh, by the way, Janet Jackson, I guess, got – kicked off of the of the, uh, whatever, oh, right. you know, with, uh, what's his name, Timberlake. Just it's Timberlake, okay to have yeah. the white guy, but what about the black woman? Right. There's so, some, I mean, it's a, yeah, the ham-fistedness and the insensitivity mm-hmm. out there on that stuff is just appalling.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's sort of weird because on the one hand, we're saying that. On the other hand, we've been saying, particularly off the air, that they were almost a little timid about getting into trouble. Um, you know, I, I was saying that I thought that there were some coded messages mm-hmm. Um, I guess we could maybe have time to play the T-Mobile ad. This, You see a bunch of babies uh, of different races. Uh, here's what uh, they're saying in the T-Mobile commercial.
0: Welcome to the world, little ones. Yeah, it's a lot to take in. But you come with open minds and the instinct that we are equal. Some people may see your differences and be threatened by them. But you are unstoppable. You'll love who you want. You'll demand fair and equal pay. You will not allow where you come from to dictate where you're going. You will be heard, not dismissed. You will be connected, not alone. Change
1: starts now. You know, Pat. There was that ad which does talk about not being threatened by differences. There was the ad where the rabbi picks up the minister, the imam, and the lama in his Toyota. As usual, Coke has sort of a multiracial advertising campaign. This one's called "The Wonder of Us." Maybe these aren't political commercials exactly, but they almost ought to be. It's almost like, well, if we really believed all that stuff, maybe we wouldn't countenance some of the things that are happening in our country right now.
0: Right. There, there's the inoffensive uh, flip side of of where they could have gone with them. Very uh, all-inclusive messages of unity. I'm just as confused hearing that, that T-Mobile ad as I was when I saw it last night. <laughs> Not sure what T-Mobile has to do with that. I, I, I wanted to like it. Because of the Nirvana music and and the the start of it, but just left me flat.
2: Yeah, me too. And I, we've been we've been doing diversity spots for a long time too. And I I didn't even really think of them as political per se. I mean, we meaning the ad ad industry. I think we're ahead of the curve on that a lot in the past, actually. But uh, but it, yeah, it's a relatively innocuous message. If you're if you're offended by it, then. You, too
3: bad. <laughs> yeah, There were a lot more of them last year coming after the election. There, it was like every spot seemed to have that type of a message of inclusiveness or um, why can't we all be friends and things like that and this year I think it got back more to what we're used to in the Super Bowl which is the humor and the celebrities and um, – but, but I, I kind of missed that spot completely. It was near the end of the – quite frankly at the end of the game I was kind of focusing on the football game which is like what 99 percent of the people were doing at that point anyway. Trevor
1: right. Burrus Well, I, I also think – yes last year although we didn't know where we were i mean think think about it i mean last year at the time of the super bowl you know really the uh, inauguration it just happened exactly. and we didn't but i mean there was sort of enough we'd been through a kind of ravaging 2016 campaign where we realized that political discourse in this country had changed and, and we just were had been hearing a lot of stuff i feel like th- one of the reasons that the commercials are so tame uh now is because we don't know where we are. Like I don't think anybody knows like what you can get away with and what you can't.
0: Yeah, I think the one that felt the most like today's society was probably Avocados from Mexico where they're all just <laughs> <kind of laughs> locked in a bubble, uh, yes. ready to go crazy at any moment. Yes, no Wi-Fi.
1: Um, we actually have enough time to hear, actually hear that one if you want to. This I, I actually thought this was a reasonably funny commercial.
3: Well, we did it. We see all the bad out and the good in. Take a second and look around you. Go ahead. We have everything we've always wanted.
1: We'll want for nothing. Excuse
3: me. I really love it here. Thank you. Um, we have all these
1: beautiful avocados from Mexico, but where are the chips? I'm sorry. Oh, the chips. The chips are outside. Why are they outside? The chips are
0: outside! <laughs> <laughs> <Okay, okay. sighs> oh,
3: okay. I want a Chris Elliott autograph. Hi. <laughs>
1: Oh, st- we can still make this work. Yes. <laughs> oh, wi fis down.
3: No, 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 ah! no. no, no. Ah! Ah! Avocados from Mexico.
1: Probably the worst use of Chris Elliott ever. Like, you got <laughs> to watch the commercial five times to noticed that it, it, that made it very Chris Elliott that, yes. that's what he deserves at this point <laughs> but you know I mean uh, other Chris um, so I, I Pat saw this and, be- and Betsy Kaplan saw this too I, I sort of missed that that there is a message there I mean if you want to see it I, I think they're just going for the laugh but there is a message there careful what kind of wall you build because the, some of the stuff that you want might be on the other side of the wall when you get done that's pretty astute I didn't get that I just <laughs> thought it was a commercial for avocados
2: yeah. Betsy,
0: yeah. Betsy reminded me of it uh, yeah. well shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean wow. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I sort of agree with you. I think this year they were going for the laughs and the celebrity cam, cameos and stuff like that. I'm not even sure they they would have I necessarily I Although it is avocados from Mexico, so, you know, maybe they are thinking about this stuff.
3: Well, the stuff historically's been pretty funny. There was the one the first one they did was the uh, was it the the lottery for uh who goes on the ark or some animal thing and then last year was the spaceship. So, it kind of seems in that kind of weird kind of dimensional stuff that they do. but
1: uh, It's disturbing to me that you actually m- remember individual avocado commercials from <laughs> yeah, the past. But sad. that's a good thing, and it's that's sad. why you're an ad guru, and that's why it's time to say thank you to you. To Pat Dugan, creative director at Adams & Knight. Uh, Chris Knopf, retired CEO at Minson Hoke and full-time novelist. Uh, Steve Wolfberg, principal chief creative growth officer at Cronin & Company in Glastonbury. Time for one of our pl- pledge drive breaks this uh, Is just a one-week pledge drive. There will be occasional interruptions. When we do interrupt, we do it so you can fund the programming that you like so much. I hope you'll do that too. I hope uh, if conversations like this one are appealing to you, well, there's a great way you can show it. The nice people will tell you what number to call or how to go online and give. Thanks to our terrific guest today, Betsy Kaplan, pulled together about 80 million uh, commercial clips, and Wolfie made the show sound great. We'll be back tomorrow.